Hey, you're listening to the Jazz Violin Podcast, episode 38. And today I'm chatting with Yannick Hiwat. Hey, thanks for tuning in today, guys. I'm going to start off, as always, talking about my Patreon account. Now, if you don't know what Patreon is, where have you been? No, but if you don't know what Patreon is, it's a way that you, the listener, can support me, the content creator, if you so wish. Uh, obviously, the Jazz Violin Podcast is always and will always be free. But if you feel like the Jazz Violin Podcast is an integral part of your months, if you're sitting there waiting for it to... Uh, for a new episode to appear every month and you're really excited and it's a big part of your life, then please, uh, and if you have the means to do so, you can support me with as little as you would like every month. You know, some people just $1, some people $5, some, I'm talking about dollars, but you know, pounds and euros. You can take, you know, we take all money. We don't discriminate. Also on there, you can get involved with my, uh, all of the teaching that I do. I have an online class that I do every week where we just sort of run scale exercises, look at different jazz lines and put, take them apart, put them together again. And then we look at different tunes and look at how we can improvise on them and how we can think about them in different ways. That's the Jazz Violin Practice Club. And you can also get involved with that on my Patreon account. So the Patreon account is www.patreon.com forward slash Matt Holborn. Okay. Oh yeah, I had another thing to talk about. One of the patrons, Charlie McCarthy, one of the patrons of the podcast, Charlie McCarthy, um, has come out with a new book in the last couple of months. I think he wrote it mainly during lockdown and it's called Post-Classical Violin. It's a really great resource for anybody who has studied classical music but who, and who wants to get into improvising in a nice, methodic and simple, chilled-out way. Charlie is an excellent fiddler and violinist from, uh, well, actually, I think he's from Ireland, but he lives in uh, Australia. And yeah, this book is, uh, is, a, is a great resource and I've got a copy myself. Really cool. I've look, looked through it and, uh, you know, there's lots of things to, there's lots of things in there that I think are really interesting new ways to look at improv. So check it out. There will be a link in the description of this podcast if you are interested. So now on to my guest. Yannick Hiwat is an amazing violinist. He came to my attention when I was chatting with Anthony Barnett, who you've probably heard me mention on here a couple of times before. He's an excellent violinist based in Holland and has played with so many people. It's uh, pointless for me to try and start saying all the names, but he's an excellent musician. He really takes the idea of jazz violin forward into this 21st century. God, I nearly forgot what century we were in. Coronavirus is... Uh, made its mark. So please give it up for Yannick Hiwat. So yeah, thanks so much for for 
for chatting to me today, man. That's yeah. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me, man. And then oh, long overdue. Like. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, you know, this is a, it's a good time to, to, to do all this stuff, really, isn't it? Because uh, we've probably all, as much as we keep ourselves busy, we're probably not as busy as we, we might be in other times. Yeah. Yeah. But, sure. But, um, yeah. Uh, I think so. I first heard about you through Anthony. Ah, yeah. Because I did an, an interview with Anthony, Anthony Barnett, for anybody yeah, who doesn't know. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I did an interview with Anthony about just about his life and his and, and his uh, long lifelong obsession with Stuff Smith. And he, you know, I mean, Anthony, Anthony knows so much about jazz violin and, and you know, Stuff Smith and just but jazz violin in general. And and he uh, and you were one of the people who he said, you've got to speak to to Yannick. Do, do, I'm, can I just double check that I'm saying your name right? Is it Yannick or Yannick? Yeah, uh, uh, Yannick, but Yannick. It's, it's 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 but it's it's perfect. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah, Yannick. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, he said. I remember he said to me, "You've got to speak to Yannick. Uh, he's an excellent player and also a fan of Stuff Smith, which I am. You know, I'm a big fan of Stuff Stuff Smith. I'd yeah. say for me, you know, Stuff is was is is one of the real voices of jazz violin that's and uh and one of the yeah. real purveyors the early purveyors of uh of a of a specific jazz violin sound so um absolutely yeah anyway i'd be interested to know how you got into playing the violin what happened so wow uh i think when i was yeah, when I was little, just uh, my my mom would would play recorder with me, and just you know we we just play music and 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 uh, and there was always music. I think in the house, my mom was more uh, well. She listened to everything, but more like radio, and then she liked classical music, but nothing like really deep. Uh, just it was something she enjoyed, and my my dad definitely, uh, definitely uh, loved music, and he would always play his records loud, and <laughs> it was always a party when when he was uh, playing his music. Um, but yeah, so it it was just something, um, nothing like okay, it has to be professional or whatever, but it's just like something that's a part of life. So uh, played recorder, and then. Uh, at my primary school, they also uh, taught recorder, um, so uh, brought my recorder, little recorder to school and everything. But after a year or so, I kind of felt uh, like, okay, I I think I understand this instrument, and no disrespect to professional recorder players because I didn't know at the time. But to me, it was like, okay, I've reached the limits of this <laughs> this instrument, so. Um, First, my my first thought coming from that was okay. The next step to this instrument must be the flute. So I wanted to play flute, but then I saw a violinist on 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 TV, and I I heard somebody play the violin. And I was like, whoa, that's the thing I want to do. So uh, I asked uh, asked my mom basically, and it was like, okay, but the violin is a 
kind of a difficult instrument. <laughs> so I was like, well, <laughs> I'll practice. <laughs> so she was like, okay, then go ahead. So that's when it started. I, I was five at the time, but um, I was only allowed uh, at the music school. They only started violin lessons when you were age six. So I had to wait a little bit. But when I turned six, uh, I, I, yeah, that's when I started. So, mm. yeah. So you didn't you didn't come from yeah. a specifically musical family. Not not like so in earlier interviews I always said no but <laughs> it was no for me at that time but my father when he was my age or when he was younger uh he did play in a band. I wouldn't say it's um it was a professional well, they toured a, a lot. None of them had like a heavy music education background, but they did their thing. It was he was the lead vocalist, and you know uh, they they did their stuff. Um, uh, and I would say, kind of say semi-professional or something. They released records yeah. and they did tour, but um, so um, so for him, he definitely dabbled a little bit in the music world but but he didn't really follow through and, and push through with it um mm. so um but i didn't know actually at the time when i was starting music i i learned about that actually a long time after i was already in my professional career so um so no i i wouldn't say uh, overly specifically musical family um mm. just i think in more than not, they they've often always been super supportive of of uh, the path and and um, but it was just music was just something that should be in your life regardless. Yeah, so. yeah. it seems like you had a you you did go through some quite rigorous classical training. That's that's something that when I when I read up about you, you did. Yeah, I I, I think so. Yeah, well, no, I, I, yeah, definitely. So. Um, when I started playing in my musical, well, in music school, it was the violin was kind of a classical instrument. So if that's all I knew basically. And so, uh, going through those things, then I got into the orchestras a little bit and, and started playing in the, in, you know, in the national youth orchestras and everything. And, and it was just a really, um, it was just something that came with the instrument. I never figured that there were other possibilities um, at at a younger age. Mm. So, um, and I loved it. I, I I and I still do. I really really enjoy classical music, and I enjoy playing it. But um, I went to a performing arts high school uh, in Rotterdam. But then uh, when I was in that school, so my, I, my really my objective was I want to be an orchestral player. That's that's what I really wanted to 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 do. Um, but I got in the class and and um, it was something like uh, the musical uh, fame or or, uh, or not the musical like the film the fame. It was something like that. The vibe at the school. So so I was in school and then it was a small school and, and and every year you had to audition to to go to the next year and it's like oh you really had to work hard and like and so so and, and people you know if it wasn't good enough you you 
you had to go out. So it was real drama, everything. Wow. Uh, uh, but it was really cool at the same time because it would be in the class with like funk drummers and metal guitar <laughs> players. And we were all like hyped and, you know, on steroids to go hard <laughs> on what we do. And we're all inspiring each other like, oh, shit. So it was funny. Like that. So at that age, you, you somebody's really into Maceo Parker or in, right. into. So and, and but we we would. Uh, show each other all these records and we we basically would be in school from nine to nine we had a few of our classes in between so we we do dutch and and then math and everything but okay get that out of the way and then straight to the to the uh rehearsal room and we start you know jamming just playing and having fun and you know then then it'd be uh drummer who needs to do a final exam for that year but he wants to do this record where there were strings in it so obviously I'm gonna play the strings on it. So, and but it was super natural. So, um, from that age, I already started, you know, improvising, and because it was just music, we didn't really think of it too much. Of oh, he does classical. No, it's just you play. So let's go. And um, so I got, um, I think at that age, really, that is the that that really showed me so many different colors and 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 you know genres of music that that i really enjoyed as much as 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 playing classical it was just okay from from a career standpoint that was what i was studying and i didn't really think of anything more but it was like okay but it but it, it got an installed so and and in a way we started gigging professionally also at that age so I w i'm talking about age 15 to Eight, 14 to 18 15 18 so um so yeah we we do all these fusion projects or whatever and 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 so okay uh but then i went to conservatory uh also still for classical music and then i went to um uh after my first year i i got this job offer for for this orchestra in south africa um which was like a dream come true because i never thought that at that point in time i would have a shot at you know doing the real thing so it, it, that was awesome uh did that uh and then um after two years i got the offer to uh stay there permanently and um uh which was incredible honor but at the same time I was like i just kind of finished my first year i want to i feel if i study some more i i, I get better and uh, and and you know also more value for the orchestra, but also in terms of not. It sounds negative if I say it like that, but I like not being stuck in um, it, on that side of the world, and and you know just see what what op other options would be. So um, I really wanted to come back to the teacher I I had been with since um, since those days of the uh, 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 high school. Um, so uh I, I came back but uh, at that point um he became uh ser seriously ill um which is um um now fast forward he he lived and uh, he's mm. still with us <laughs> so uh, so nice. very very happy about that and, and that's obviously the most important but from this story uh line's perspective at that time it meant um that the the one person that I really wanted to continue my studies with couldn't uh, teach at that time. So I was kind of stuck for a year 
And um, at that time I came back and, and I would say more than 50% of the gigs I was doing at the time were improvised music. Um, but um, I, also, I, I started feeling like, man, some of these gigs I'm getting, I feel like, to be honest, like they asked me, but I felt like they're kind of above what I feel like I can do because I was noticing like, listen, I'm, I am improvising, but I'm doing the same pentatonic runs <laughs> over and over. Like there's no, I don't know what I'm doing really because it's always been kind of that, just playing and going by air. And I felt like, okay, I felt like I re re uh, reached the 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 maximum of what I could get to just without any knowledge of what I was doing just by playing by ear. So um, at that point, the, the the I started asking the the tough question in a way like, damn, what gives me more pleasure actually? Um, and there was um, and I was at that point I was like, man writing my own music, playing my own music and um, improvising gives me so much more joy, I guess, in the long run, especially from a career standpoint. So, um, but then I was like, man, if I, if I want to do it, I want to do it. I want to be, I want to do it the best I can. Mm -hmm. So that's when I was like, okay, let me try, let me do it. Just jump jump in and go for it so that's when i i switched my studies went from classical to studying jazz um and um yeah kind of now that's that's absolutely the main focus of what i do i i at the same still same i still do enjoy playing classical but it's not something uh, i focus on from a career standpoint i do still play and sometimes with with orchestras and and, and i do it but um my 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 focus has has been you know improvised music and my own my own music you know yeah that sort of stuff so mm. so it sounds like you you sort of got into improvising not through specifically not specifically through jazz right you got into no. improvising just through playing with your friends and just, yeah um yeah and there was a point when you decided actually if i want to if I want to keep this up, I I should study I should study jazz. Yeah, absolutely. So so for me, it's been um, uh, like because most of my friends they were they studied jazz, um, okay. but the, but we were playing. We, let's say we would be playing uh, uh, hip hop or pop gigs, but all, everyone playing. Yeah comes from this jazz vocabulary yeah uh and and so for instance i saw you had a conversation with miguel at two yeah. like to me miguel is like that's the that guy like yeah, yeah. he like for especially um i was i was looking into like man who who are the people doing this and then i see a lot of classical players playing uh, you know, non-classical music, but then it sounds classical, and and mm. to me, I, I that that turns me off. So 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 yeah. so much, no disrespect to 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 the players, but once you uh, take a certain role in 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 that music, to me, I think it comes from a certain language, and you know, 
um so so for me definitely i found out like listen the 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 language is is jazz language so yeah. um so so i would say soul r&b hip-hop i think those those were the types of music i was playing a lot but then heavily informed by jazz players yeah um and then when i started studying that that's when i found the root of it all mm -hmm. and that's when i found out about you know the jazz players yeah. and then i was oh shit. okay now yeah. i get it <laughs> this is the shit so yeah, I, yeah. I definitely got well into jazz um but but it was that that's the that's yeah. the way it's the route it has been for me yeah that's a that's a you know i think that that's like a that's a common thing but not for violinists you know mm -hmm. like that's not a common path for violinists often you'll i hear that path uh, being, you know, coming from bassists, drummers, uh, keyboard players, yeah. you know, people get really into like, you know, yeah, more current music. And then mm -hmm. they get really into improvising in that, in that way. And they find, you know, Robert Glasper or blah, blah, blah. And then mm -hmm. they're like, wait a minute, like, where does this come from? And then they go back, but it's not something that violent, that's not a, a common uh, pass for violinists, so that's that's quite interesting that that, that happened to you. Um, I wonder why why that is. Why why do you think that why that why do you think that happened to you? I'm I'm pretty sure because all of my friends had that same are non-violent. Well, all of my my musicians that I played with, I played this music with, were non-violinists who yeah. probably had the same experience. Like, yeah. So they were we we're all into like oh James Brown or yeah. Tower of Power, and then we're looking at oh yeah. shit, oh this is yeah. where this comes from. Yeah. So, oh, nice. so it is exactly that, and I wasn't hanging too. Much. I didn't. I didn't know any violinists who were stepping out of the classical realm at yeah. that time. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, so when you found when you found jazz, who was who was the who was your first influence in terms of? Well, let's just say in terms of violin, who was your first violin jazz violin influence? I think that's a that's a good question there there are three people that highly influenced me or that i look no well that that inspired i would say like that i yeah, would really yeah. look up to and i think i i'm not sure who was the first one but i think well wow thinking about it maybe it's four hmm. the biggest hit i think was stuff stuff yeah. smith for sure that was when that was a huge blow like oh shit <laughs> this is this, like <laughs> he that that was that that hit me super hard i'm not sure if i um because one one record that i also heard that that had that same kind of feel to it but it was it was the um, was early jean-luc ponty yeah. with, with, with what the stuff he did with the organ trio yeah i, I know with, that uh that that also had a big impact on me yeah and then i think well somebody i i really i really value uh today is zach zach, uh, zach brock yeah i think the biggest the violinist i took like i studied the most i think is cyphered speaking of cyphered mm. ah, okay 
So that to me that like he ciphered for me is is like the one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but in a different way. Like I, to me, ciphered wouldn't be ciphered without stuff. Yeah. If that makes sense, because because to me, like stuff is is like the one that opened the door to yeah. me. Yeah. Like I I love Eddie South as well, but it took for me. It, to be honest, it took a long time for me to appreciate Eddie South because I was like, man, he's just play. And this, I'm, I'm, I don't agree with my older self. But first, when I first heard South, I was like, he's just playing classical tunes yeah. with a bit of swing on it. And it took me a while to to appreciate what he really did. And yeah. I think it's so much deeper than that. Also, for many reasons, but but. It, I have to be honest, and and now I really yeah. appreciate Eddie South, but it it it, it wasn't love at first. Yeah, know. that's interesting. Yeah. I think I had the similar thing actually. I think my first uh, the first things that excited me when I was trying to get into playing jazz violin were the people who played jazz violin. You know, who didn't have yeah. that classical thing going on because yeah. I felt, and I think maybe I think there's probably two camps of of musician. Because some, cause I think when I spoke to Zach Brock, he said that you know Grappelli is a great, is like a gateway drug into jazz mm -hmm. violin for classical violinists because you hear that tone. If you're a classical violinist, yeah. you hear that classical tone, and you're like, yeah. "Yeah, cool, okay, I can get down with that. That sounds good to me." And also, it's jazz, so I I can I can uh, I can feel that a lot more. But I think yeah. for me, and it seems like you you preferred the the very specific jazz voices on on the violin yeah people who yeah who had a who had a yeah a, a sort of definite jazz voice um yeah absolutely uh, and i think to be honest for me with with for me with grappelli it's been kind of the same like i could appreciate him so much as musician and and what he did like i was like it's it still it's it's baffling and he's incredible of course like he's grappelli sure but i definitely um because why 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 it's hard for me to really pinpoint which violinist made the yeah. biggest impact on me the first yeah it's because the biggest impact on me were saxophone players mm. okay so that's when I because uh, when when I started you know really really digging into to jazz and 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 the records and and the one that came before us it's like pianists really really influenced me mm -hmm. but I what but when I started studying them it's like I found it so hard mm. how can I take what they do and translate this to my violin. Mm. So, so I found it so interesting because I was transcribing a lot of it, and then okay, wow, this is amazing. But there's so much they can do with voicings and everything, and and yeah. you know the chords that go underneath it, which make a melody line sound cool. And we, like we can play the melody, but it's hard. Like yeah. we can impose a lot of yeah. stuff, but it's but there's still that that you know that the yeah, chord I that agree you can, with you that you know. So. Yeah. I know what you mean. This, I'm, 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 I'm not, I'm not giving up on that. Like I'm still, still trying yeah. to, to, to take away what I can from it. But, but it was, but it was hard for me. Um, 
I and agree. Then, but then saxophone players and it might be cliche but for it's true for me like coltrane that blew my mind <laughs> when i heard coltrane for the first time i was like oh yeah oh this no this, wow I, I i lost my mind when i heard coltrane and and the coltrane really made me like oh this i need to study this really 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 study this yeah um so um yeah and then and and from that coming from that then that made me that's why i say cyphered is the one that touches me the most because to me what he did is he he studied that and but found a way to make it so violent you know yeah. so fit so well for the violin yeah without losing the the music and and so it's like he played that music on the violin instead of he you know made it fit the violin it, it, yeah it, i don't know it, it's i know i know what you mean i guess like yeah i, I think when i listen to cypher he doesn't sound violinistic at all he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't seem to you play stuff that i just think how, how are you doing that? <laughs> and how did you do that during a solo? Yeah. How did that just come out? Because some of it is so just not violin friendly, the stuff he plays, but he does, mm -hmm. like you said, he makes it. I think he, what I like about him is he, he blurs the line between making it sound, uh, sound natural on the violin and also sort of not. You can, it's like he's really pushing at all times. There's yeah. like a, there's this, there's this, you're just always on the edge of your seat listening to yeah. Cypher, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, actually, I'm saying that I actually didn't go through a massive, I've never gone through a massive Cypher phase. I feel like that might be to come. But um, it's interesting that, that that you did. Where did you, where did you first hear Cypher? Um, I think the first record is Man of the Light. Okay. I think that's the first one I heard. Um, and then I heard the solo violin stuff. Ah, okay. Um, and 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 but once I heard all of that, I I started digging so much and 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 tried to find all of his records and everything. And um, I think a, a combination of this is is that when um, I th I think I came through it in in the time period like hearing Zach to me was like ah oh. to me Zach is is kind of the the guy who 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 took that path forward um and and continued on and and like a modern day violinist like that I think you know um does that too he has that for me it's that same quality when I when I listen to him yeah so um but then, then I, I definitely want to know, like, okay, where does that come from? And you yeah. know, taking mm. taking everything a step back. So, so that's I think how I got to Cyphered. Um, uh, hmm. But yeah, also listening to the going back to the the saxophone influence. That's when I was like, also the range, especially the tenor. I was like, that really speaks to me. Mm. So, um, 
th- that got me on that entire path of 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 the extended range. Yeah. Um, that 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 came initially from from realizing like that range really speaks to me. Hmm. So. Yeah, I, that can be a bit disheartening when you're a violinist because I really love I love listening to tenor players, mm-hmm. and I would I often listen to tenor players and then I go to transcribe and then I'm like oh god okay now I've got to do this an octave up yeah. and it sounds really squeaky <laughs> and now blah blah you know all this stuff and yeah you're right so and actually that that brings me on to the other person you know the other person who told me to talk to you which is Eric Asito you you use one of his violins right. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I play on three of his instruments right now. Mm. So, Eric, Eric, I love Eric so much. He's um, he's a genius, and 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 when I say genius, I I mean it. I, I'm not exaggerating. To yeah. me, he really is genius. Um, but um, yeah, that's it, it's a funny story. Well, it's funny to me, but it's just like um, when so. This is years before I met him. Years before I actually like really set on okay, I'm I'm one. I want to become a jazz violin player. Yeah. It's um, I just the, uh, here in the Netherlands we have this um, website called Marktplatz. It, it's it's like a, a eBay or you know mm. you, you, some some place you can get secondhand stuff. Um, and um, somebody was selling. Uh, uh, a six-string electrical violin for less than a hundred euros. Right. It, it was <laughs> wow. like it, it, it was like you know you 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 could, it couldn't harm to get it. Yeah, and I never at that time, and, and I think this is like two thousand seven ish or something, somewhere around that period. Yeah. I never at that point I never heard about um, six-string violins i didn't know mm. that was a thing so i was like what six string violin less than 100 years let's yeah. go i want to try it <laughs> <laughs> so uh went there picked it up um uh, and i tried playing it horrible yeah <laughs> <laughs> i could not like it was it was worth exactly what i paid for it <laughs> it's, it's like as, as soon as you would play on the low f uh, string like the pitch would go up a semitone <laughs> because <laughs> it couldn't take the pressure anything it was it was horrible so so i tried it maybe 2 3 days got really fed up with it and it 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 moved to never be seen for a few years but so fast forward a few years i talking about these 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 um uh gigs i was playing uh non classical gigs i was playing so i was playing it was this huge jam session um in this in large venue in the Hague, and uh, it it was called Jam de la Creme, and they they invited like dope dope musicians, and uh, in a big hall, and 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 it would be a jam session hosted by this big band, uh, not a literary big band, but a big name household name band. So uh, awesome! It was uh, I was like wow, cool to be invited to this one, and um, and it's all these dope musicians. So okay, we did the sound check, and I I brought this. I had this. Um, uh, electric violin, this Yamaha I played at the time, um, but to, did the sound check sounded great. End of the sound check, instrument shuts down. 
doesn't work oh. anymore. I'm like, whoa. Oh, no. So this is about an hour and a half before showtime. Instrument totally breaks down. And I, I didn't, that's the only way I could play amplified at that, at that time. Uh. So I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is a problem. I started to think, what can I do? What can I do? And I was like, oh, I remember I still have that horrible <laughs> electric instrument at home. So it was in The Hague. I, I lived in Rotterdam at the time. That's like a 20-minute train ride. Yeah. So rushed, took the first train, called my girlfriend to <laughs> find find that instrument for me, <laughs> meet me at the station. So, well, she did rush there at the station. Um, and I, okay, got the instrument, rushed back to the venue, played the gig. Um, and but that at that point I was already you know into that jazz yeah. uh, journey. Uh, so I, it was like okay, it sucked to to have to touch this instrument again. But then I was like, holy smokes, there's so much uh, that I actually hear in my head that I can now play. Ah. If only I, this instrument could work. Yeah. So that's when I and I, I I really wasn't that much into electric um, instruments. So I started searching like, is there somebody who could make something like this? Could, could, is there so? I started searching, and then it's, that's when I found Eric, mm -hmm. and I would start looking on his side, and I was like, oh wow, he he has been doing this. So got into touch with him, and then he said like, well, I think. I might have an instrument here that that could work for you. Uh, was a six string. It's actually the first six string that he built on that format, uh -huh. like acoustic um, yeah. instrument. But it was one of his early types. But he said, "So gonna touch well." I I, I got the instrument, um, tried it out, and the first touch it was like, "Yes, sold. This is it." So yeah. that's when that journey started and. Uh, so I've been playing on that instrument for for years, and then I always, because I saw he he had built one seven string prior to that, but I was a bit unsure because I definitely don't want this to become like a gimmick or you know something like uh just you know have the strings to have the strings like yeah if there's no purpose I don't want it at all. But so I got. I was really in doubt about whether or not I wanted to own a seven string. But so I played the six string for about six years, and then after that, I felt like no, I think I can really make use of that one extra string. I think I really hear it. I really hear it when I play. So, uh, so he built uh, that seven string on a on a mezzo violin frame for me. Ah. And uh, yeah, that that instrument is also amazing. So um, yeah, so so the, those are the ones. There must be quite a lot of work that goes into being able to maneuver your way around a, a seven string. It's a constant journey. It's a yeah. constant journey. But it's um, to me, it's like a different, a completely different instrument on which you have advantage if you've played the violin. So wow. Okay. Right. Yeah. So it stuff definitely changes um like i think you know if you play the violin you get the basics of it so you can you know it's not like you can't get the sound of it but there's so much in the details of it that alters 
and um i think for instance one one thing like uh, maybe i was playing on it for a year and then a very good friend of mine he's a double bass player great double bass player um classical um so i, I was talking to him about about you know um about the instrument and 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 trying to find the sound and then little stuff like for instance you know if on violin if you like to get more focus or more projection you go a little bit more towards the bridge and etc but then on on these lower strings for a bass player if if they would do that if they would go to the bridge it would go into like a flautando sound real quick Uh, less folks because of the amplitude of a lower note the amplitude is bigger Mm. so going to the bridge you you don't have that the width that you need so you need to go to the fingerboard um in terms of you know to get that more kind of focus it was little stuff like that where that like blew my mind like oh shit it works for me the same way if i go out and i go to the to the fingerboard on these lower strings that's when i can get more focus or you know stuff with bow speed and everything it changes like the way you bow those low notes is so much different than bowing an e string yeah so so it's 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 a lot of things in right hand and left hand but 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 it's nice it's nice um, Mm. yeah so it's not just it's not just about you know getting to know where the notes are it's also bowing and 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 sort of technique stuff as well it's quite a lot it's cool hey um i'd quite like to ask you about your own music when was it that you decided to start writing your own music um I think ever since those days at that high school. Yeah. Um, uh, but um, those were just, I wouldn't, I didn't take it seriously. It was just fun, which it still is. It's still fun. <laughs> but um, I think as soon as I started playing, started, made that transition and, and started, you know, um, studying jazz that's when i immediately started my own ensembles and i wanted to play my own music so um that was a very conscious decision there there are some really really cool uh jazz violinists there uh over here in the netherlands um that and they at the time they had this string quartet called uh zap four mm-hmm. um and um uh they're, I would say they're one generation above me. Uh-huh. Um, and um, it's what they did as well. So so that, that, that they, I think that was a, a little bit of an influence on me as well. But, um, but just in general, I, I felt like, in, I don't know. It felt like something I wanted to do, but also something normal like to me in a way i i'm 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 not trying to it's not it's not something like i disagree with if you don't feel like this but to me it felt like playing classical was the style of music where i play other people's music and playing jazz was where i play what i write like I, I I completely because and it also because I didn't want to play standards. Um I wanted to play standards to study and, and, and you know get 
to 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 learn from it but it wasn't something i would see myself you know that that would be the core focus of what i was doing so it's just yeah it's just like yeah i i want to create my own tunes and and do that and and i i love mixing that up with interpreting yeah you know other tunes uh, i i love switching that up and and doing that but but yeah no and i, I man i was here i still do i have so much music in my head so it's also a relief to get it out <laughs> yeah. to write it down and and you know and and get it out of my head <laughs> yeah. so, so yeah, well, yeah yeah so what um you know what's who are your who are your sort of influences when it comes to your composition uh yeah mm, I, that's a dope question i i think it's it's um it's um i think there's two ways for me to answer that it's it's um on the um one hand there's i go through phases where i wish i was influenced by somebody <laughs> So so then I'd be listening to something I'm like oh that's really cool I want to do something like that I don't want to do that but I want to do something like okay. that because that that influences me at that time but I find as soon as as you start writing it's so it's such an honest process so that's when whenever you've written what you've written that's only when you can see like oh I was this definitely influenced or informed by this which wasn't my maybe my intention but Apparently, this touched me. That that uh, that is very. I like that because I, I I get that feeling as well. If I go, hey, oh, you listen to something and go, I'm going to write something like that. It's ne it doesn't work. It never works for me, man. It never yeah. like it. And I think it's very difficult to do that. It does have to be, I'm going to write rather than yeah. oh, I'm going to write in this style or I'm going to write something similar. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's very interesting. It's the first time anyone said that on here, and actually the first yeah. time. Yeah, first time I've thought about that. It's very true. Hmm. Yeah. So you, 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 you. I guess what you're saying is really there is like you, you're not, you don't, um, you don't, you're not consciously influenced by anybody when you're writing, but you, you, you hope that your influences come out when you write. Is that is that the idea? Um, no. Well, uh, sort almost. I, I, I. For me, there's two moments. There's the one moment where I study and I, um, you know, I, I I transcribe or I really listen to what is it that I like about this composition, you know. So I try to dissect it and be like, okay, these are the changes that he did or she did when when she wrote it. And so I try to get the theory behind it and understand what invokes a certain emotion. But that's when I'm not writing. That's when I'm studying. But when I'm writing, I try to let go of, and I don't want to. I don't want to be informed by anything. But obviously, at that point, there will be some theoretical foundation that you laid once sure. you were not writing. That that will probably come in handy when you try to evoke a certain emotion. Then it will. But then I'll see what come out. I don't. I, there's no. I don't want to be uh, like. Because it never works. It's not. It's not like I never tried it. Because sometimes I'll be writing and then I'd be like, "Oh, I'm gonna do something smart here. <laughs> I do something. I do something cool here." And but as soon as I start 
thinking yeah. like that and I'd be like, okay, I know this this progression yeah. is goes hard. And then I try to do it like that. It doesn't work. It, yeah. it always has to come from the heart and just yeah. for me, I, I, I as soon as I start using my brain when I uh, when I write, it, it, it I don't like it. Yeah, that that definitely speaks to me. Uh, I I get that as, well. and I think that it can be difficult to get past that sometimes if you're not used to the, if you're not used to the it coming out, like like you're saying, if you go if you say you're first getting into writing, you're like okay, I'm going to go and mm-hmm. write something, and you might think that the best way to do that is to focus on something specific, but mm-hmm. I think that that can be quite disheartening. Because you you'll start it'll something will come out and it's often not what you want to come out, is it? Yeah. For me, I, that happens yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah, to me, to me, the it's it's so many different ways because, I mean, definitely like there's so many voice notes on on the, on, the, on my mobile phone where it's yeah. like so like oh, I, I'll be in the train and I I hear. Some harmonies of the train going over the track, and then like oh da da, like oh shit da 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 da, and then I hear everything, and I like okay, help me. and then uh, if I don't come back, mostly I never remember that I actually did that, and so then maybe yeah. months later or years later, like, oh shit, I have like all these ideas, and then it transforms, but. Uh, when I sit down and I write, sometimes it'll be the melody, sometimes it'll be the groove. First, it will be it'll be the chords. Mm. Uh, so it, it, it's different, but I, I I really enjoy that process. But I, I, it, it becomes super painful, exactly like you say when mm. when I when I try to do some deliberate something mm. deliberately. It's, it's like it's just it has to flow. Um, yeah, and and, and it, that doesn't say that you can't. I def you definitely think about it, but um, yeah, just just to to have. Um, I think for a composition to be genuine, that's it. It should be emotion. It should yeah. be emotion, and then the filling in and more of the r- arranging, basically of it. That's where that's where I feel like that's different. Mm. Yeah, you can think more at that. Point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but the 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 basis, the foundation of it, that's that's something that has to to flow. And I think that just by doing it, I think it's also that's something just by doing and doing and doing it, it it gets comfortable. Yeah, more and more comfortable, and yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, you're just talking about being on the train and coming out with, you know, singing into your phone. I mean, I do that a lot as well. But uh, what I realized recently is um, one of the good things about us wearing face masks everywhere mm-hmm. means that no one can tell when you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> like it, up to now, if you're doing it on the train, up to bef- you know before there was face masks, you, yeah. people be looking at it and you're, you, they can see you just going. <laughs> but now they can just see you like that. You could just be listening to something and you don't look as weird. So. <laughs> Try to find a positive in, this, in all of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Face mask supporting all us composers out there. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Um, so I, I'd like to, I'd like to talk to you about your, um, your journey with Stuff Smith's violin as well. Yeah. Could it, yeah. Would you, would you be up for chatting about that a little? Yeah, bit? yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm, I'm sure that I, I'm, I'm, I'm aware that we, 
we're we you know we're nearly an hour but have you, have you got time to, to carry on oh yeah absolutely uh, yeah let's do it um yeah how, how did that come about yeah man uh, um so um obviously stuff stuff has been like uh somebody i i highly look up to um um and and somebody i i tried to to you know study what he did um just because he's yeah to me he's one of the biggest so um uh one time i was i was i was in new york and i was playing and there's this really there's this really cool uh to me it's typically new york but i'm not from there but to me that that kind of feels like new york it's like this record store the jazz record center i think is the name but it's in the, the it's this big apartment in, and there's no uh, sign there's no uh, advertisement uh, or anything that is there it's just this really small um name sign on uh, with with 50 other doorbells that you have to ring so one says jazz record center so you call there and then he busts open the door uh, and and he has to bust you twice in to get into the elevator then you get into the elevator to go to the what i don't know the seventh floor whatsoever 13th something so you go go there and then once you're on the floor to your right there's this door and then when you open it you're suddenly you're in jazz heaven <laughs> it's like it's it's so much deep and beautiful um records like uh, lps and, and and cds both but also memorabilia and then posters old you know a, a lot of lot of stuff if like uh if you do some record collecting or you know that's the place it's one of the dopest places um but there's also um a, uh, also this uh section with uh a lot of books hmm. so um what i what i always i, I like uh c collecting records and and you know going through record stores and stuff um to to find music um so one of the uh so i always go to letter s <laughs> and try to see if there's a stuff smith <laughs> record or an eddie south or yeah. cyphered so it's, <laughs> s is always a, a good that's a good one <laughs> so so i always go there and and and, and try to see what's there and he actually had a few uh, records that I didn't have yet that I was still searching for. So found those and was already really happy. Uh, and then, you know, spend, I, I definitely spent a few hours just, just you know, going through what he had because it was so much, so much beautiful stuff. Um, so I found my records that I wanted and then uh, basically went to, to, to register and, 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 uh, and pay for them. But that's where also where the book section was. Uh, it's it's basically one one big room, but all the walls uh, have the, have these shelves with books. So I was just going over them, and it's all these cool biographies uh, on the grades. And um, uh, yeah, so I was just looking, and then you know, because the letter S is always such a good good one, I went there, and I and like my heart stopped for a moment because I saw these big books on on Stuff Smith. Uh, and I was like, "What?" It's like it wasn't like a small, small 
little thing is like these two massive books yeah. on Stuff Smith. And like, wow, I man. never in my life thought that I would find something like that. Um, and and then they were in bubble wrap and, and, and they also had, it said that if you would ask the, um, the cashier that there were also like these cassettes with them. I was like, wow, this is amazing. But um, so um, I spoke to the guy um, at the register, but I didn't have enough money at that time to buy them. The, the books, they, they were, well, they, they, the weight was a little bit too much financially. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, I actually um, asked him if he could save those books for a few days for me. Uh, I got some of the records that I really wanted, but then... Uh, so I, I I made some arrangements, blah, blah, blah. But then, so I was able to get the books because I really wanted them. Yeah. So went back to the store, got the books. And um, so over the next few days, I was going over them. And there's so, there, the, the amount of information and detail in those books was amazing. It's like so much incredible stories and pictures and historical information but also like this incredibly de detailed um list of of when and where stuff's played if he played if he hit some radio show somewhere in the early 40s in in some rural radio station it would have it, it was in there it's like it's incredible who is the guy that that wrote this and did this and that was anthony yeah so I was my I was blown away by the the work and the 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 treasure because at that time basically all I've read on him was a short Wikipedia page at most maybe some some blog somewhere on on you know on the internet but nothing like this so um at that time I, I went on Facebook and typed in Anthony Barnett and and that's when I he was on, he was still on Facebook at that time so I just reached out to him to say like, wow, this is, this is, thank you basically yeah. for this, uh, because this is, this is a treasure. So that's how I got in touch with Anthony, just, just got to know him and we didn't really speak so much um, after, the, um, uh, after that, it was just a thank you from, from my side and, and he appreciated it, but, but that's, that was it. And then um, fast forward a few years i was already in an orchestra um i was part of the chinica orchestra in, in, in london oh, yeah. the, the classical orchestra so um got to london a few uh, every um I, I had to be in london quite a lot uh um, compared to prior to that um and um but on one of my uh, I, w I went on another trip um to brussels um and it, this was just for fun and also there was this record store uh, and again letter s going through the through the things and i found uh and then also my heart stopped because i found the eddie south record but like yeah obviously eddie south records they aren't reissued like that so if you find one it has to be one from that era yeah so okay i got it and then i got home and then i was uh looking at what i got and and then there was something written on the on the back of uh, of that of that record. So 
I said to my uh, I said to my girlfriend, I said like, hey, look, there's something written on this, and I, I said I always liked it because then you it's like a story of where that record's been, or it's, you yeah. know, it's, it's always like owned by this person, or yeah. congratulations, or as a gift or something. So I was reading, and it was like uh, it was this really personal message. I was reading through it, and then at the bottom it said, I was looking and I said, Eddie South. I was like, what? Uh, it's signed by Eddie South, this record. Uh, so I was like, whoa, that's incredible. Uh, and so I, uh, Anthony also has written this book on Eddie South. So I, so I went to that book. It's, it has as much detail as the Stuff Smith's books. And I compared, and it's, it's like, it's totally Eddie South's handwriting. It's totally his signature. So I took a picture. I sent, sent it to Anthony. It's like, hey, uh, look, look at this. This is... This is this is, uh, I found this. I thought it would be cool for you to see. Um, so we we just spoke a little bit more and got in touch. And it's like, and I think similar at the same time, Anthony was following what I was doing, playing. Um, and um, what we, we, I said like, I have to be in London next week. And he was like, let's definitely catch up and uh, and get in touch. So that's when we first met in person. Um, and we we just hang basically. It was it was yeah. cool, and um, and I just asked him out of curiosity. I was like, "Do you know um, what happened? What whatever happened to his instrument?" And that was when um, David Schultz was um, um, at the same time doing basically um, a research on that exact topic, like what happened to stuff smith's violin um and um at the time i think he hadn't found it yet but he was in touch with anthony because anthony's obviously the the yeah. the main the main guy to yeah. when it comes to like he's the guy to yeah. when it comes to stuff smith but like jazz violin history in general like yeah. he's he's that guy so um uh um he said well I'll keep you updated on it. Um, and um, fast forward a little bit. Um, David found uh, the instrument. Yeah. And I was going to go on a tour to uh, to the US. I was going to play with my band uh, a couple of shows. But uh, David was in Washington. Um, and I had two days off on my tour. So... Um, Anthony spoke to David about about me, told me about me, and um, and David sent me an invitation to just if if I if I had some time and wanted to if I wanted to drop by and 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 see the instrument. I was like, yes, what? <laughs> see, yeah, exactly. Like, say no more, please. <laughs> Can I see stuff, Smith instrument? I like incredible. So I. Uh, so it happened. I went on tour, uh, and um, and I, I I got there, and um, well, it's like it was it was incredible because that story, like, um, it was the instrument was in its original case, the case of Stuff Smith, and it, it, the the children have, and so, but basically, it hadn't really opened since Stuff closed it. Wow! Um, because basically, nobody was really allowed to touch it, and and and. There's so many stories about the journey of this instrument in Stuff's lifetime already, but 
also after afterwards it's 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 incredible that it's still here yeah um but it was it was such a it's such a magical thing because the the the, the, the case open and it's just like hmm. anyone's violin case is like there's your life is basically in there so it's so it would be like his rosin still it's like strings he used uh his old strings but like also like letters to his son and and postcards he sent from from poland or from tours and and it'd be like so cool because you could read it like this um like how he felt it, it, it was like it's it was such um a heavy moment because like it's he's there like it's 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 all his his stuff and 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 so that to me was was it was it was emotional for sure um and 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 there's this there was this cloth on the violin which which his wife his wife at that time made for him with with uh and she sewed his name on the cloth so it's like it says stuff and so dave then david lifted that up and behold there's big red Mm. like the instrument stuff loved so much and played on nearly all his records like and and there's so i was like wow this is this is incredible and i was i was just like because i looked at it as like this is an artifact this is yeah, you know yeah. this is jazz violin history this is a piece that belongs in a museum yeah. uh, not not belongs in the museum but it's like it's like that yeah, uh, yeah. it's like that you know it's like the mona lisa <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so um and then then he said you want you, you want to hold it like what yeah. <laughs> well, oh so I, like i was kind of almost like shaking but it's like okay <laughs> and it's like play it play yeah. it, for it i was like oh man you know, don't do this to me <laughs> <laughs> but i played it and um from my perspective this is what what happened like i've never and this this there's i don't know how to say it Obviously, there's this thing. Okay, this is part of history. This is incredible. I'm touching stuff. Smith's violin, but at the same time, it's like this is a violin, and the connection that I had with that instrument, like it spoke so much to me. But it it was the instrument that I connected the most with from of all the instruments that I touched, and sure. I I wasn't necessarily. You know, I I didn't expect anything. I wasn't th- that wasn't on my mind. Like, okay, I'm gonna be. This. It just happened like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and so that was my perspective. I know from David's perspective what his perspective was because he wrote an article on 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 all of this, and I know. Uh, so at, at that time. I, I packed up. Uh, we well, I, I was allowed to play. It. it was amazing. But okay, packed it up, and I, I had to, you know, had a great time with David and his wife. But I had to continue on my on my tour. Um, but I know from David's perspective, he he him and his wife. When I started playing it, they 
they kind of felt something too um in terms of because david is a violin player as well and he's been play, he had been playing it but he was um they were moved about uh-huh. what happened uh, yeah. and and the sound that i drew from it and uh, it sounds it sounds weird to say these words myself <laughs> but that, yeah. i know i know because that's that's, that's what, what david said, yeah. told me and that's what they said so in their words they 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 were like they felt the connection between their instrument and yeah. me um but okay that 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 was all it was at that time i i continued on my tour because initially the the idea was for the instrument to go towards the uh, jazz museum in harlem and then have uh, uh, several violinists play it um, on occasion, like for instance the instruments in Cremona, or you know yeah. the the like they, they have top violinists come through and and play yeah. play them. Um, but after that, a conversation had been started with um, with Stuff's family, mm-hmm. uh, and I know they've basically explained to them what happened and so they brought me into the and this is fast forward like maybe a year after this um they reached back out and it was like well um anthony david and um stuff smith's children um definitely um they had a thought about it long thought and they were like the the connection between you and the instrument was the biggest we've experienced and um anthony said some really really beautiful words um and um they all listened to what i was doing and they felt that i was continuing the way i was approaching music they they felt i was continuing in the spirit of stuff Hmm. in in terms of not trying to be like stuff and and emulate his music yeah but create my own music and 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 they wanted so they wanted um me to 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 continue the journey with with big red and um so which which is and has been an incredible honor yeah um but the fun thing is is that I feel it to this day. Every time I pick up the instrument, it's a joy to play, but not so much. Like there's one part that's like, okay, this is history, mm. but there's a, I, th- I would say almost there's a bigger part where it's like, you know, I'm so happy that I found an instrument that I can f- truly express myself on. And mm. it's um, it speaks, I can make it speak in the way that I want it to speak. Mm. Um, so, so. I don't feel like ah, I wish I could make this sound. No, it makes yeah. a sound, and I think a huge part of that, for instance, small stuff that 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 um, that triggered me immediately is like it feels to me like you can can hear the instrument has been cl- played so much in the jazz keys. Like for instance, you know how the violin, it, it, like all the major violin concertos in classical, they're they're in all in D major, and, yeah, and you yeah. know because the violin rings well in d major with all the open strings but it feels like big red has been in so much situations where it's like e flat and 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 b flat and and f you know like the jazz mm. keys basically yeah. like it's it's so so powerful in those oh wow so 
I don't know how to describe it, but it truly feels like a jazz violin in a way. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 special. It's it's definitely a special instrument, and and um, obviously for all the nostalgic reasons, um, but even more so to me for the fact that it's an instrument that's really there to play, and. Um, and it enables me. So I, I totally get why Stuff was so in love with the instrument and I'm I'm equally as much yeah. in love with it. So and then and and happy and honored to to you know be able to 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 let it speak. I mean it, it has been silent for ever since he died. Um and, and which is which is if I think about that, that's crazy. Yeah. And to because when when I look at those, it's 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 so weird because now when I listen to his records, I can hear the instrument like it's <laughs> the character of the instrument. Like that's 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 <laughs> the violin. That's my violin. That's the violin I play. <laughs> so I hear it. Like I hear the characteristics of of that instrument, and 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 all those videos when you see him, like you see him play with Ella Fitzgerald and. And and you know yeah. uh, Dizzy Gillespie and Oscar Peterson and 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 Nat King Cole and you know all the greats and then that's that's incredible to me. So so now I've been able to play it on 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 Jacob's uh, Jacob Collier's record or on on on, on um, you know uh, uh, Bobby Sparks and, and and Pete Rock and so so it's like I'm I'm happy to now play with some great musicians yeah. of of this time and but it's cool you hear you'll hear the same huh. literally the same instrument and the same tone like i i don't play like stuff i because i don't want to play like stuff but yeah. um but it's it's you feel it i i feel it mm. i feel it and uh, hey what sh what should we listen to from your of yours that's got a recording of you playing stuff smiths uh, I'll, I'll I'll send I'll send I'll send one through. It, it, I, I'll let me. I'll double check. I have some unreleased. I've most. I've uh, tons unreleased. of unreleased uh, stuff. So okay. I'll so I'll, but I'll 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 make I'll I'm sure I can send you something. Okay, I'd love to hear that. That's amazing. It's a great story. That it's a really great story. Hey, um, I'm aware that we've been talking a while, so I'd just like to. I guess wrap up with what you know. What you're up to at the moment, man? What's what's happening? Um, man, I, I like um, so so. I, I have my my own quintet, which I'm very happy with. Um, uh, so I'm I'm working on a on a record with that group. Um, uh, so it's uh, it's 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 keys, drums. Uh, bass, tenor, saxophone, and then myself. Uh, I think that's um, that's the most jazz um, uh, style of type type group that I'm in. Um, and then uh, I'm a part of uh, of a group called, called Pete Rock and the Soul Brothers. It's a it, Pete Rock is a he's a producer. Um, a legendary hip hop uh, producer, but he um, since a year he 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 has formed this band, um, and it's really cool. It's already such a such a 
pleasure and honor to you know work with work with him but he he assembled a, a crew of i would say assassins it's like uh, it's like uh, i'm not sure if, if people know who they are but i, I definitely look up um uh, these musicians it's um daru jones on drums mm. mano neon on bass um marks machado on guitar big yuki on keys um Christopher McBride on saxophone, uh, Brandon Newsom on percussion, uh, Jermaine Holmes on vocals, and myself on strings. Mm. Um, and that's an absolute pleasure. Like we've been doing a lot of studio work recently, and uh, we should have been touring, obviously, like the rest of the world. But um, well, we'll once the world will open up a little bit more, we'll uh, we'll we'll do more live um, playing. But for now, we've been uh, mainly doing a lot of um, recording um, and then besides that I think the main thing is that I am part of this collective called the Soulful Congregation um, I, I I do this together with um, Jermaine Holmes who I mentioned before uh, on vocals um, and Roderick Cliche it's a, he's a keyboard player from um, um, uh, South Carolina um, and um, yeah, I, with that group, we have a lot of things that we're ready to, you know, uh, that are ready to be released. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's those are the main groups that I'm that I'm a part of. And then I do a lot of you know writing and arranging for for other people and artists, and and that those are all that's something that's constantly happening so i'm constantly writing and producing strings and and tracks for for other people um so i think that's that's my mainly what's keeping me me busy at the time but um yeah also like the i i've been i'm really i have this love hate relationship with the internet like i i, I love how it's such a deep source of of knowledge that you can find if you if you know if you know what you're looking for um but i'm really bad at um uploading shit <laughs> and also letting go of, of things so so but now these particular bands that i'm playing with right now they i'm i'm feeling really comfortable and really you know yeah at ease and 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 kind of like this feels for me like the moment to to start releasing some of the stuff we've been working on into the world it's something i've i haven't felt an urge to um rush basically so there's there's i think there's there's not too much um of my own stuff that's been released but there's tons of of stuff that's ready that i have that's ready and and i have never been uh i've never felt uh urgency or rush to to do it um just to do it but now i feel ready uh, kind mm. of sort of with with um with these groups so nice. uh, yeah so uh so that's basically what uh what i've yeah what i'm up to at this point cool so i guess there's a lot to come, basically. There's a lot, yeah, there's a lot to yeah. hear. There's a lot that 
people will be able to check out in 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 the coming in the future. And that's yeah, quite, absolutely. Quite exciting. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, there's there's I definitely did some. There's definitely a lot of stuff out, but it's where I'm featuring on other people's yeah. projects, and sometimes you'll know, sometimes you don't know. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it's it's like that. But there's definitely uh, more under my own name in the in the future. Nice man. Closer future. <laughs> Exciting. Well, thanks so much for chatting to me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, likewise, man. Uh, really enjoy what you're doing, and it's it's such such an addition to what we all do. So yeah. such a inspiration. So thank you for no, uh, no worries, for all man. I uh, I enjoy doing it, and I enjoy talking to people like you and all these people. Um, yeah. Okay, man. Well, have a good rest of your day, and I'm looking forward to checking out some more stuff coming out from you soon yeah hey so thanks for listening to the jazz violin podcast i've been matt holborn and i've been chatting to yannick hewett and i really do hope i'm saying his name right dutch is a very hard language to approximate for a lowly english speaker such as myself um yeah if you want to get involved and uh, help us out with a bit of money, you can do so on Patreon. Like I said, that's www.mattholborn. Uh, no, www.patreon.com forward slash Matt Holborn. Um, also, that's a place that you can get involved with the Jazz Violin Practice Club that I run. I told you about that at the beginning. I'm not going to go on about that anymore. But uh, yeah, if you want to get involved, you can do that. Do so on Patreon. Um, uh, hope everyone's doing okay. I've been doing okay. I've just been moving. I've just moved house to a place that has really bad internet, so it's been uh, quite difficult to upload this stuff. So as I'm uh, finishing recording this outro, I'm about to have to go around to my friend's house and uh, and upload this from there. Um, I don't know why I'm telling you that, but now you know. You know now you know what I'm up to. Anyway. I do it. I did it again. I'm always rambling on at the end of these things because I don't know what else to say. Um, keep practicing, keep enjoying music, and uh, see you on the other side. Goodbye.